Hello and a classy glass of Bordeaux red wine. Welcome to Mates Rate. My name this week is Gaz Carr, and as demanded contractually by the format of the show, I am joined by the charismatic, enigmatic, problematic Dan Kayser. Say hello to our listener, Dan. Hello, listener. And if I was there with you now, I'd hold you so very, very tight. Problematic. For any first-time listeners, Mates Rate is a podcast where two shiftless layabouts scale the sea-facing cliffs of movie trivia, poking our fingers into the handholds of our experientially gained film knowledge while praying we don't get shat on by the seagulls of inaccurate information. Our premise is simple. We choose a movie-based topic and each pick our five totes fave examples of said topic. <laughs> totes. Totes fave. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm down with the kids. Um, you do what? You're the problematic one. Today's subject was picked by the youngster Daniel. Hello. What is it, Dan? Uh, I would like to talk about our favourite and possibly the very best weapons ever displayed Ooh. in movie land. You are quite a violent person, though. Oh, yeah. This is You chose weapons because you enjoy because, the death. Yeah. Yeah. And because watching it on film satiates uh, my, my need for blood. Yeah, for blood. I don't know what that was. Wax of blood. I liked it. Yes, blood. Problematic. In anticipation of this being a rather lengthy chat, we're going to split this episode into two parts. So what you'll hear today is Dan's and mine favourite five, four and three. Next time you'll get the top of the lists and maybe some honourable mentions or even some worst ofs. Suffice it to say, we're going to be talking in depth about every movie we're covering and spoilering the fertilizer out of it. So we're now offering you the chance to make a graceful exit, read the description, which will contain a list of all the films that are even mentioned, and then rush to your most comfortable chair for some Netflix and chill. Do you think it actually means sex, or do you think it, it does means... It does mean sex. Does it, do you think it might mean, like, oral sex whilst watching the film? It, do you know what? I think it just means sexual acts. My goodness. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in, the, in a position you, who... Uh, uh, <laughs> You've never done a sexual act. Yeah, oh, well, I've never, I've never ne- From what I've Netflixed heard, all you can do is and chill. How do you say it in a past Net- tense? Netflix and chilled. Yeah, oh, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't seem that hard to me. I mean, okay. We're here, we're here. We're here. So kicking us off will be me today, I think. Or will it be you? I don't know. I'd love it if it was you. Do you want it to be me? Yeah, you take it. Okay, so I'm going to kick us off today. Oh. So my number five is Darth Maul's double-edged lightsaber from Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, maybe the the best and only good moment in that film? Well, that's it. That's it. The whole film is pretty crap, except for that fight. Is it crap or is it just... I've been trying to, like... I I said a little while ago that I don't... I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. Five foot three. I've been trying to go back and, like, retrospectively look at things. But it's all the politics... Yeah, there's there's so many weapons to pick from in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, you know, like there's for for example, like I could have picked Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. The you know, classic the, the blue. one that the one that Obi Wan passed to to Luke and said, "Your father's lightsaber. He wanted you to have it once he'd used it to slaughter dozens of innocent children." There you go. Isn't the first thing that Luke does is look down the barrel of it? Yeah, that would sees all the death. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> What do you mean when he because there's a lot, there's a off. lot of youngling blood on this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just, <laughs> what's all this congealed inside? I just from memory, the the first thing he does when looking at it is look directly down where the where the beam would come out, and then presses the button. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't turn it on. But that would have God, that would have wrapped up the saga that pretty done. quick. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hole in Your Head. <laughs> 
Would it put, would it put a hole or would it just incinerate his I think head? if he just... No, it would put a hole in it. If he just yeah. if he actually just pressed the button, it would be like straight through his head. Because, yeah, you know, you saw um, when Qui-Gon died by the, the double-edged lightsaber. Mm. He, he did just like stick him through the middle with it. That's all he did. Yeah. And that killed him. I mean, Darth Vader arms and legs chopped off and he was fine. Yeah. I mean, like the... Everything, gentry- everything would have been cauterized. So yeah, it would wouldn't have been great, it could have but severed he might have survived. It, severed his spinal cord, but it was yeah. like below the heart and below the lungs. I don't know. I feel like we might be diving into this where we have absolutely no medical knowledge. Oh, God, no. But this is Star Wars medical knowledge. In the Mandalorian show, or is it in the Boba Fett show? His, boo. His um, Boba Fett. Isn't his companion, isn't she like cut in half and he like puts her back together with robot bits inside her? She's like a cyborg inside oh, her is tummy. This, is this um, Ming-Na Wen? Is that the actress? Yeah. She's I'm going to say yes. She's an Agents no of idea. S.H.I.E.L.D. She's been in... Oh, yes. Yeah, her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. Do you know how old she was doing The Mandalorian and stuff like no. that? She was about... Maybe maybe fifty eight, fifty nine. Nearly sixty years. Nearly sixty. She looks old. She's incredible. She's sixty now. She looks incredible. She looks ridiculously good. Ridiculously yeah. young. She has not aged. Like if you see her in some of her older films, she she just uh, hasn't aged a day. Do you know she was the voice of Mulan in the original animated? I did not know this. She, yeah, she's amazing looking for a sixty year old woman. Yeah, I mean, and, until you and, pull that flap of skin back and you see all the robot guts. Well, yeah. But, and also, she's also, she was in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Yeah. And in Book of Boba Fett, she was kicking ass. She was doing all yeah, this very, fighting. Very you know? um, acrobatic yeah, choreography. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, a bit like Michelle Yeoh. Yes. Again, she's she's no spring chicken, but she can kick ass with the best of them. Absolutely. Better yeah. than you or I. Oh, way better than you. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to the topic of the weapon, Darth Maul's double-edged lightsaber. We've seen lightsabers before throughout the Star Wars saga, mm. and they've always been single blade, you know, sort of wielded with two hands. Yeah, the hilt changes depending on the user. Yeah. And the colour changes, that's really important. It's always red for a bad guy, or green or blue for a good guy. Yeah. I mean, the only good guy that we've really seen so far has been Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, mainly Luke Skywalker, yeah. up to this point. And then we get Qui-Gon, who's got a green one. Later on, we get uh, Samuel L. Jackson who requested a purple lightsaber. So he yes. was the first person to have a different colored lightsaber. Do you know why he wanted that? Because he was badass. Yeah. He wanted it because, um, is it the battle in, is it called Genosha? Is that what that planet's called? I think there's a, I think there's a planet called Genosa. Genosa, sorry. Yeah, I think Genosha sure. is from X-Men, actually. Um, but wow. uh, there's a the big Jedi battle at the end of that, and he wanted to stand out. He uh, wanted yeah. to be, he wanted to be seen well, amongst yeah, the throng. I remember that the, the story was that, that they were they were brought around a load of different lightsabers that that they could pick. You know, like the main cast were like, pick your lightsaber out of these. Which one do you want? And he said, I want that one, but can I have it in purple? And they went, oh, you're Samuel L. Jackson, so okay. I think he was originally kind of told no. I think George Lucas said lightsabers for Jedi are green yeah. and blue. Deal with it. And he said, I'm next to Yoda. I'm like the hardest Jedi, and I want to be... I want that to be known. Wanted, wanted to stand out, yeah. 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 And, and he likes purple. Who doesn't like purple? Yeah. Purple is the best colour. So this was the first time that we saw a different style of lightsaber. And ever since then, it seems like they're trying to you know, make a slightly different lightsaber again. You've got the dark saber, which is like a sword that kind of has a yeah. white glowy outline, but it's black. Yeah. Uh, and and you it's have, heavy, apparently. Oh, is it? Or, or it's... Or like I don't know. If you're like not the chosen person to wield it, it's... Hard, hard for you to use. Yeah, and since then we've had Kylo Ren's sword that's got these little two blades that come out the hilt. Yeah, like it's a, and it's, like it's a broadsword or, yeah. or a long sword. And it's a also traditional it's also sword with a hilt. 
it's also very angry you know it's got all the the it's it's not sparky. a sparky yeah sparky that's yeah. what he calls it hmm. not his lightsaber <laughs> going back to that fight with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul that was the best bit about the Phantom Menace and I would go so far as to say it was the only really really good bit of the Phantom Menace I remember enjoying the pod racing I really didn't did you not no, yeah, I didn't enjoy the pod race at all. I don't know why. I think it was possibly that poor annoying child. I say poor annoying child because he was just a child. Yeah, Can't really. We've got to blame George Lucas for everything that he did wrong. At the same time as you had the Phantom Menace coming out, you had the Sixth Sense coming out mm. with Haley Joel Osment. That's in right. It. I remember reading an interview with him, and I think it was in Empire, and they said like, "How do you get yourself into this frightened state?" And he said, well, just before the take, I like bash myself off the walls of the corridor, and I just bashed make, himself off. Make my this is a child, Dan. We've all got needs. You know, smacks himself off the walls of the corridor, gets himself all kinds of shaky. And then he, you know, does not take in a, Went as in a method film. as he could at that age. I see dead people. And then you've got little Jake Lloyd, who's just... The child is irritating, but it's not his fault. You know, it's the dialogue he was given, the way he was told to say it by George Lucas. Yippee! It's not his fault at all. Did it go on to kind of ruin his life in, in later years? I honestly don't know. Uh, yeah, I feel very sorry for the young man. Um, but yeah, so I didn't like that pod race at all. It just didn't do it for me. It, it was just, it seemed pointless in the story. But that fight. That fight was fantastic. With the double lightsaber. I mean, it And was, that music. Was I, Jewel I was of the just going to say, The Jewel of the Fates, yeah. you know, by John Williams. Yeah. Was fantastic. And it is. It the is, tension that's built up. Very, very good. The tension that's built up for, with these force fields that for some reason just open and close and then sort of stop Obi-Wan from getting to him to help him. And it, the best thing to do is to sit and meditate. Absolutely. You know, really just focus on what you're going to do next as soon as you can go through that door. Well, Don't is, try and find another way around. Maybe there no. is. Maybe there's not. This is what Qui-Gon did. Worked out well for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets a lightsaber through the stomach and he dies. Darth Maul literally chopped in half yeah. and yet he comes back. Comes back. All right. I grant you, he didn't really come back until... The animated series, and they decided they wanted to bring him back. He they was, gave him robo legs. He was dead. They gave him robo legs, exactly. Yeah. But you know, in the, in the later films, you've got General Grievous, who's basically a pair of lungs and a brain. Yeah, we've said it <laughs> and before. He's, he's doing all right. He's Robocop. Yeah, he is Robocop. Yeah. yeah. There are other iconic weapons in Star Wars. I almost picked Han Solo's blaster because, as you know, I love that gun so much that I've, I've out of a toy, I've made a pretty realistic. Didn't even weight it in some way. Yeah, yeah. You, nice. you just basically put loads of like spare metal, like nuts just, and bolts, just metal inside. that you've got yeah, around the house. Metal that you've got lying yeah, around the house. Just some lead. Yeah, a bit of lead. Wife's jewelry. Yeah. you know that kind of thing. It's an investment. And do you know what? I put the batteries in that when I made that, which must have been. I mean, it was long pre-pandemic, so it must have been about five years ago. And it still makes the blast noise if I pull the trigger. And I can't get it open again because it's sealed. So once the dead, the dead. But it's still going. I'm really impressed with that. Anyway, shall we move on to your number five pick? After you've swallowed. Uh, what? That's right. <laughs> you heard. I was just going to say I really enjoyed the um, kind of the prop making of the lightsabers. And I think, oh, it, yeah. I think it got a bit serious by the time you got to the the prequels and beyond. But for New Hope and maybe into the the rest of the original trilogy, I really like that lightsabers are are made from um, a flash gun from an right. old photography. Oh, I love it. Well, I old love... photography camera. I was going to say what a redundant <laughs> an old sentence. photography camera. You know those old uh, picture taking <laughs> photography cameras, as opposed to <laughs> bricks. Yeah, an um, old cooking camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you take it, if you take a picture of a chicken yeah, enough, yeah. it yeah. will cook. Absolutely. With a flashbulb. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they, well, that's what they did with the with Han Solo's gun as well. Han Solo's gun is a classic, like old German gun, mm. uh, which you can't get anymore. You cannot get any of these guns or replicas or anything like that because they've all been taken up by Star Wars fans who want to make Han Solo's gun, right. and they just added bits to it. You know, mm. like, and do you remember what Qui Gon's little? It's got like a little tricorder thing. I know that's a different oh, yeah. franchise, but the thing that he puts there, it, <laughs> you know, he, oh, he, don't he, say anything about midi chlorines. Well, he takes Is that what he, scans? he takes some blood from Anakin, pr- pretending just to clean his graze on his knee up. I'm pretty sure that's a violation of his human rights. Yeah, and of the Jedi code. And, I would the imagine. Jedi and he puts it into his little tricorder thing, which he also talks into. It's not called a tricorder because that's that is Star Trek. That's Star Trek. Never the two shall meet. But that is um, that's a lady's razor that's, yeah. that's been turned, that's <laughs> been painted silver and turned into a, a device. Yeah, I love that. Well, in my house, there are three women and me, and there is no use for ladies' razors in this house because they all fucking use mine. They they have their own razors, but they don't use them. My wife and two daughters just use mine. Oh, okay. I think you can say they don't use them. They're incredibly <laughs> the hair, hairy ladies. It's winter. They need a little bit of plumage. <laughs> How are they going to insulate themselves if not by their own natural plumage? Nature's way. Shall we now move on, on to your number five? Dan, yeah. what you got? What's coming in at number five? Okay, so my number five is the gun mm-hmm. from The Fifth Element. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I think I do. From yeah. the, Basically from the sales pitch. From the sales pitch, yeah. yeah. It's it's called, I can tell you it's called a ZF1. Okay. I, Sounds I, like a computer I've, I've always known this. Yeah? <laughs> this is not something that I looked up I, I or did found. Not, I couldn't remember that. Found on the depths of the internet. I knew that from just knowledge. General knowledge. Uh, so you've got Gary Oldman is playing Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Zorg, Zorg. Uh, and he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Oh, in he it. is. He's fantastic. I absolutely love him in it. Um, I always wonder what the hell is going on when his plastic uh, toupee starts melting. Um, he's talking to like the big force, the big evil that's coming yeah. to Earth, and this brown sludge starts coming oh, yeah, out. Yeah, from... yeah, yeah. So is it? Is that? Is he bleeding? No, I think that's like. I... Is it like? Is it the glue that holds I... his weird plastic no, toupee? No, I thought on? it was like ectoplasm Ugh. or something. You know, something that this. This thing is doing to him that hurts him. I didn't think yeah. it was anything that he was wearing that was melting. But yeah, no. I can see how you'd think that. At first, I thought it was blood, but it almost—it's like it's brown goop. Ugh. Anyway, Gary Oldman's Zorg is selling these these he's guns. Doing, he's doing the sales pitch, isn't he? Sales pitch. He's selling them to uh, who we've just is found it? out are called the Mangalore, Hold which on. means they're called Mangalorians, which is very difficult in a sci-fi conversation. Yeah, that's annoying. Go on. Is he selling them or is he enlisting them? And this is what he's giving them to use. It's been a long time since I've seen the film. Oh, he's definitely he's enlisting them as like his personal yeah, army. his little personal army. Um, but it feels like. It's it feels like, like like part of part of the price that they're getting yeah, from him, part of the part of the bounty that they're getting from him are, are crates of these. Yeah, he's definitely these weapons. He's definitely like a sales pitch, but he's not selling them. I think he's I think he's giving them them to use. Yeah, it's like this is what you're going to get. Now go get me uh, um, Lilu. They look very much like Earth military weapons. They don't look yeah. like a big sci-fi weapon, mm-hmm. alien weapon. They look like they were as they were meant to be made on Earth. They've got like a camo tan kind of look to them yep. and they're just kind of like they're like it's like a big gauntlet that goes over the arm in this kind of like pod shape but it's this multi-use weapon mm. and he's uh demonstrating the flamethrower the little rockets that come out of it that they can fire out a big net for capturing people yep um and then the best bit which i think was called like the auto return and he shoots one oh, bullet yeah. and he presses the auto return button and, and then he around. turns around to them and he fires it on like full automatic mode 
and all the bullets whiz back round and shoot the original in, target. In a big arc behind him. Yeah. They, they they don't hit what's in front of him. They spin around in a big arc and just go behind and him. They, yeah, that's fantastic. like homing bullets. It's that moment. And then he looks at one of the Mangalores, but it's almost a camera, and he just goes, my favourite. He always fish and flamethrower. My favourite. And it's just absolute. I, I love him Gary in Oldman's that film. Fantastic. I love Oldman in everything, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but I love him in that, even though he's, it's not a minor part, but... No, he's a bad guy. Yeah, but he doesn't have, he doesn't have much screen time, have much. really. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, not controversial, but controversial that somebody once said to me. So when I did A-level film studies, my film studies teacher, a fantastic guy by the name of Jeff, and I believe he was once in a band that supported the Human League. He, he referred to himself as a failed pop star. He didn't like Gary Oldman. He said that he could see this East End angry London boy in everything he did. And I just I, I kind of don't get it. I can't agree with it, that. It, it kind of coloured my opinion. You know, like you know, like when you're young, yeah. And your your teachers say something, you go, yeah. "Well, that's the truth. You, that's gospel." You absorb it like and a sponge. It, it, it coloured my opinion of Gary Oldman for quite a long time. It took me a while to come out of that and go, "Do you know what? He's fucking amazing. What are you talking about?" I think he's an incredibly fine actor, and I think oh, he's yeah. he's one of those actors that does disappear into. Well, I mean, the roles. just going back to the film that we reviewed fairly recently, Oppenheimer. Yeah. When he was President Truman. Yeah, he was fantastic. You'd be hard pressed to pick Gary Oldman out of that character. He was so yeah. good. But yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm going to throw out a uh, curveball about what's the best weapon in the Fifth Element. Because I'm guessing you're going to say, well, Lilu. Yeah, herself. She she is the weapon, isn't she? Yeah, she is the Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she fires a big sky beam out of her mouth at the end. Is that out of her mouth? I thought it that comes was just out, out of her comes being. Comes yeah, I think it might maybe it starts there. And then she and goes it, on a vacation it, with a very blonde Bruce Willis. Yeah. But while that sky beam thing's coming out, he's kind of holding on to her going, ah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, it's yeah, a fantastic and then, and then um uh, they kind of put them in like a, a rejuvenation tank. Yeah. And there's an erotic scene. It's, it was very Good like Lord. he was very like the end of a Bond film, well, that it wasn't was. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's attempting re entry, sir. <laughs> What I can't remember is like sort of the the best thing about that gun is the the auto return yeah. homing bullet feature. They never. Really I use don't it. think it gets used <laughs> it by it, by the Mangalorean uh, dogmen. I don't think yeah. you really see that. Is it, are they the Mangalorians or are they the Mangalore? They could you know. Or they might just be the Mangalore. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, do, do you know what? A friend of mine was an extra in the Fifth Element. Oh yeah. Yeah, in the you know the uh, the opera scene. Yes, uh, he's standing which is in very the good. There. Yeah. Oh, okay. I admire the life and times of the uh, supporting artist and that kind of work. Wouldn't be a bad thing, would it, to just be oh, in the background of movies to and... be to be an extra? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got another friend who, uh, well, a guy I used to know. He's not really a friend, but a guy I used to know. Oh, called... Drama Fallout. <laughs> no, no Fallout. Uh, he yeah, he used to do loads of Amdram, and he just started doing. Uh, extra work and gave up his normal job and just became an extra and he's I bumped into him in Tesco's a year or two ago and he's been in Game of Thrones he's been in loads of Star Wars stuff I've got another friend who's also doing it he's been in both seasons of Andor oh so number two will be coming out next I'm year I'm going to say that I admire and resent them in equal measure yeah, yeah. yeah I mean if you can do it permanently and make money from it yeah I'd love to do that just go hang out on film sets there was a chap that I used to know and he did he did a lot. He was in a lot. Yeah. He did a lot of um a lot of Star Wars whenever it was being filmed mm. over here, like Pinewood places. But he would he would list off his films and say that he was in them as though he were like So who's a named character? Them. That he got lines. Yeah, and you're kind of like I, I you know, nah. you're a good looking chap. 
Do you, want, do you want a fun extra story? Go on, please. I had a friend who was in the Aladdin remake, and this young lady... Uh, not w- great. I've not seen it. No, is, well, there's I mean, my review. Is that your review? Uh, no, Sky it's, it's absolutely fine. Sky Ritchie, isn't it? Was it? Yeah. What, directed Aladdin? I believe so. Good Lord, I wasn't nearly cockney enough. But So my friend uh, is a very nice Welsh young lady, not particularly Middle Eastern. No. In skin tones. No. So an assistant makeup person started applying some generous tan generous tan to all said the, said Welsh. all the white folks oh, and, right, and then somebody higher up came over when it started to turn into blackface slapped that and said, makeup brush no, out no, of no, her no, hand no 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 we're not doing that we can't go down that road yeah no but they 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 took that out they they gave them a healthy amount of wet wipes that could have been quite a faux pas for a moment. yeah so, uh, well, just to bring it back, finish that one off. That was a fantastic gun, fantastic weapon. Really. I just, I think it's really good, it's really and, but I suppose kind of like underutilized. It was underutilized, but they, those, yeah. those Mandalores were also portrayed as being really thick. Mm. And like some of them could change into humans and some of them yeah, couldn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? It, was, it looked like know. it took a lot of energy and maybe only some of them could do it. I think it was like the leader could do it. Yeah. Stop banging your ring on the table. Sorry. It's all right. Just fiddling with my ring. You let me fiddle with your ring. So, should we move on to my number four? I insist. Okay, well, my number four, I have not seen this film in a very long time, but I did love this film growing up. And this is Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod, His Sword, mm. from the film Highlander. Yeah. Now, that film is fantastic. It's got an amazing Queen soundtrack. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Got a brilliant bad guy in the Kurgan, played by Clancy Brown. I love Clancy Brown. You've got Sean Connery doing his uh, absolute best. Egyptian or Spanish accent, I'm not sure which. And you've got. Was he meant to be Spanish? So he's meant to be Egyptian. He's like an Egyptian. He's 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 from that era and he's so old that he. He's an Egyptian immortal, yeah. And in his times, he just travelled and he's like, his first line is, Oh, the king of Spain sends his regards. Yeah. And uh, and then at one point, he cuts the Kurgan's throat, and Clancy Brown, who's got this fantastic deep voice, Mm. starts growling because he's really, like, he's he's injured his vocal cords. I see my cut has improved your voice, which is. Fantastic. I love Sean Connery in that film. And it was a terrible, terrible shame when he was dispatched. But the thing that I loved is also this this sword that, that Connor McLeod had, that Christopher, Christopher Lambert, yeah. or Christopher Lambert, as we know. He's got this uh, Japanese sword. It's the first time that I'd seen like a samurai sword. It's a katana. Oh, you're not talking about like his big his broadsword? No, no, I'm talking oh. about his katana. Oh, okay. The first time we see him in the film is in the car park of like a, I think it's like a, a football stadium or something like that. And I think there's a sporting event that, that I'm going digging in deep into my memory because it's been a long time. But he has a fight with an immortal. He wins. Uh, but during the fight, he slices through and it goes into a post, a concrete post. And then the police come along, find this decapitated body, and they pull a sliver of metal out of the post and they analyze it and it's like from this really old Japanese sword and and they say that the metal has been folded like a hundred times in the making of the sword and they've carbon dated it or whatever and it shouldn't be this old yeah it's you like know? an impossible yeah it's weapon too in the, old in the they, weren't, they weren't making weapons like this at that point in history uh in Japan um but I'm sorry they never really explain where he gets it from but still the, the look of it's amazing. You know, like before this, you'd seen like, I don't know, your Errol Flynn's or whatever. You'd seen swords in loads of stuff. Yeah. But it was, you know... The, the, Is that mainly like a, a rapier for Yeah, you'd Errol seen Flynn. rapiers or you'd seen broadsword or you'd seen little stabby Roman, Roman, you know, short swords. Yeah. 
but this was like a long, elegant, you know, double-handed hilt or double-handed grip yeah. that you got. You wield it with two hands, and he swings it around himself, and it's almost, you know, balletic or balletic. I don't know how you say that word. The second one is it balletic? Yeah, it's almost balletic. You know, when he he's spinning it around himself, and it looks, it just looks so cool. It's such an amazing sword. I loved that sword growing up. I love the effect of the uh, the quickening. The quickening. When you were, yeah, when you're yeah. taking immortals' power yeah. into yourself. We are brothers, McLeod. So, do, do you remember about the the voiceover that that Connery does? Oh, and uh, where where he recorded it? No. Potentially, while they're what voiceover. Which bit has a voiceover? I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember but so, uh, maybe it was lines of dialogue that that needed to be re-recorded. Yeah. Um. So this may have been happening in the post-production process. Oh. Uh, maybe they needed to bring these elements in to help tell the story more. So. Connery refused to come in to do it, so he recorded them in a bathroom. Nice. And you can kind of hear. And that. we're worried about the echo in my exactly, kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With so, our, you know, semi-professional mics, they're yeah. not they're not fully professional, but they're they're. Sure, it kind of feels it. It might have been a little bit echoey in there. Yes. During the, during the quickening, McLeod. There can be um, only one McLeod. Yeah. And there can only be there can be only one, and I've just dropped a deuce. So it was yeah. <laughs> there so. can be only number one, McLaren, <laughs> or maybe number two. Yeah. So I I think it was a a potential. It was either a scheduling issue or an okay. arrogance issue with I mean, Connery. <laughs> he wouldn't come in. Connery is. So an I think he did it from legend. his hotel. Connery's an absolute legend for being not only an amazing actor, just amazingly charismatic, but yeah. also a bit of a dick in quite a few ways. Yeah. Um, very, very anti-English. Anyway, mm. but moving on from that, speaking of dubbing, Christopher Lambert dubbed all his lines for all his films. He would, all of his English... With his own voice. For his, for his English-speaking films, yeah. he would mumble his way through the takes on the day and re-record all of his lines, always. You can kind of see the mumble, yeah. can't you? Yeah, you can. I mean, like, what the, I always what the felt, hell was his accent? Like, he was supposed to be Scottish, and he just... I mean, why would you... I, no offence to Christopher Lambert, because he's fantastic in the film. The film is great. But why would you hire a French person with a very, very thick French accent to try and uh, get get away with pretending they were Scottish? Maybe he was just... Heather. Maybe he was just cheap. Maybe it was a cost thing, budget thing. Who can we get? Yeah. Not a lot of people. What's Chris doing? You Spanish peacock. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. <laughs> I always enjoyed uh, Christopher uh, Lambert. I always enjoyed his his laugh in most in most films. Yeah. Um, just this like this like kind of one. <laughs> it just <laughs> whenever he laughed at someone. You did, do you know what you did? You did his perfect face. It was his, uh, that's the thing. <laughs> I think I can do his face Great during for a his laugh, but during a podcast medium. Not great. I'm sorry, listener. If you can imagine, go to the internet yeah. and find a picture of Christopher Lambert well, while smiling. You're doing that, and he goes, <laughs> While you're doing that, go and find a picture of Thomas Jane from like the, around the 2000s because yeah. I think that they were identical. I think you're absolutely right. I think there might be some <laughs> some, some kind of Highlander shit coming yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I met Thomas Jane. Did you? Yep. How was he? He, he was right. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've listened to a, a podcast with him after because one of my favorite favorite TV shows, and I've got to get this in there, was The Expanse. Fantastic! You love The Expanse. The Expanse was so good. It was such deep sci-fi, and it was so such realistic sci-fi. Anyway, so how was Thomas Jane? Uh, t- Thomas Jane. So um, I was recording. Um, we were. I was with a presenter. And we were walking around Comic Con, and we were filming uh, many. A, this was in England. This was not in your 
Ooh. in your San Diego's, I'm afraid. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the presenter was for uh, an Australian uh, television channel, and we were just doing a, a piece, a fluff piece on on Comic Con and costumes and the people there in terms of the celebrities. Our presenter, lovely lady, she spotted Thomas Jane and said, let's go and talk to him because uh, he's just done like a fan film, like a Punisher 2 fan film that was called, I think it was called Dirty Laundry. Okay. Something like that. And um, uh, it's very good. It's a very, very, it's very, very violent. All done in his pants. (laughs) Some people may have done things in their pants when he killed them. Um, but uh, we walked over. Thomas saw me in the camera, and he kind of he retracted a little bit. Yeah, Thomas. I, I had a big camera on my shoulder, and I'm moving towards uh, Sir Thomas Jane, um, and he's he's caught me. He's seen me, and he's he's nonplussed. He's not too happy that someone's coming over to kind of make him do some work. It's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. And then he saw the presenter, the Australian, quite beautiful lady that I was with, and he perked up. His expression changed? His expression changed. Oh. He sat up straight in his chair. Well, he's a pro. Yeah, yeah. He was hoping he was hoping was to. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> I apologise to all Australian women immediately. I wasn't generalising <laughs> that all Australian You're women a disgusting were this presenter. You should be stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so my, my sad impression of Mr. Jane is that he didn't want to be doing what he was doing, which was essentially part of his job, Aww. until there was a beautiful lady present. And then, yeah, and then he did it pro bono, eh? What, eh? So anyway, I haven't, I haven't really got too much more to say about Highlander, um, because uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Except for the soundtrack is amazing. It is a fantastic film. I think that they're remaking it. Henry Cavill is, is always really? on. Well, I think there is talk, but there has been talk for a while. He, Cavill does seem to be the man that you kind of like, when, when a franchise is being reinvigorated. He seems to be like... Sorry, what's that word? Reinvigorated. I think, Revitalized? I think you missed a bit of aided on the end of reinvigorated. So. Um, reinvigorated. I like it. Reinvigorated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know all the words. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be the, the go-to. He, he seems to be... He maybe just, he's just kind of like a... Well, you He, say he that. just represents a man. Is that what it is? Well, he's no, no. So the only things I can think of that he's done are Man of Steel, obviously Superman. That he's done, yeah. I mean, I mean man, like recently. And Man from Uncle as well, but, but the, where mm, yeah, he's reinvigorating a franchise. Other than that, you know, his big things are like Mission Impossible. Yeah, The Witcher. Uh, the Witcher, yeah. yeah Witcher, and he's got the Matthew Vaughan thing coming out. What the hell's that called? It just always seems to be a news article where they, they're talking about Cavill coming into the Marvel Universe or he's going to be taking on the Warhammer films. He just seems to be like the, the go-to. I refuse to talk to you while I'm doing this. That's fine. And he's got uh, Argyle coming out. What's uh, that? Argyle is he's a... He's the driver from Die Hard. <laughs> it is. It's he not, can't do that. It's not. I think it's it's based on a novel by someone called Ellie Conway. Uh, that's a, It's a new Matthew Vaughan project. He's, he's, he's a weird guy with a, an incredible... Big chin. Big, no, it's a square haircut. Face. Oh. Uh, it's got a very sort of squashed haircut. You know, remember like when, like in the nineties, there was that very brief period where people had flat tops. It's like that. He's white apparently. People. <laughs> I didn't say white people. No, I did. <laughs> I don't remember it being a. No, other than vanilla rice. A bit younger than me, but yeah, no, he's described as the world's greatest spy, and he gets that's James Bond. Yeah, no, but I think I think it's a bit maybe a bit more comedic. I'll show you the picture that's on the. Oh, that's not a good look. It's not a good look, is it? Like a widow's peak and a flat top. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? 
bringing back Superman, that's all I can say. So Henry Cavill is is apparently in the frame to be Highlander in mm. the remake. Mm. Uh, and I hope, I hope, if they do remake it, then at the end of it, when there was only one, then they need to knock it off and not do any sequels. Or then there doesn't need to be only one at the end. There needs to be quite a few left. And then they can have sequels. But yeah. when they do this thing... like they, Maybe that was, there's only one left on your continent. Yeah. And then you have to go on a business trip to deal with the other ones. But that's it. Like Christopher Lambert, like at the end of the film, spoilers, he won the prize. You know, yeah. he, he, like the prize was supposed to be like, it's like the quickening, but you are connected to everyone in the world. So you're connected to scientists and, you know, all the humans. So you can sort of help humanity. That's the prize. Mm. Uh, and then in the next one, I mean, let's not talk about the next one. Oh, that was painful. Did you ever see Highlander 2? Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen most of it, but yeah, I hold on to the first film. As do, you, do you remember much of Highlander 2? Not on purpose. Okay, so you want, I'll give you a brief summary and for you, the listener. Highlander 1 is about immortals that have been around on the planet for thousands of years, fighting it out, and whenever the, one of them kills the other one, then they get a little bit of their life essence. And it's all sort of like... Uh, the, the the crux of it is that there, there can be only one so they all eventually have to fight each other and decapitate one another until there's only one left who gets all the essence of all the other Highlander all the other immortals not Highlanders because he's only called Highlander because he's from the Highlands of Scotland yeah Highlander 2 apparently it turns out there were aliens all along yeah I've, and I've, Sean Connery's brought back from the dead as you were oh describing it I remember that there were aliens yeah it's terrible there, yeah, I, what I, a shame I believe that there is another cut of this film where they are not aliens. Huh. I don't know how they did it. But yeah, Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert only came back because they were contractually obliged, and I believe that they were like, what the fuck is this shit? Hang on. So Sean Connery was contractually obliged to come back for a second film. <laughs> but he wouldn't But, but he deliberately that. died in the first one. Yep. Okay. Just ask him. I presume that when that clause was in his contract, he probably just thought, well, they'll do flashbacks, more flashbacks yeah. of me training Christopher Lambert. Yeah, it's just the only thing that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense them him coming back to life because he's an alien and that they were <laughs> fighting an alien war and that they came to Earth and then other aliens came to Earth. To, yeah, and they called it Highlander. Should have called it Space oh. Jam. Anyway, shall we, uh, shall we move on to your number... I want to say your number four. Is it your number four? I think it is. It certainly is. Because I went with my number four. Your number four. What's your number four, Dan? So Dan, Dan. Yeah? What's your number four? Oh, my number four. Your number four. You'd like to know? I'd like to know. I'll tell you now. Please. So for tell me... me no, no. Tell me now. Now? Now. Okay. So hold on. Okay. We're going to do it right now. You okay. ready? Well, actually, could we do wait. it a bit later? Okay. Okay. Now, what do we do? Do we pause the recording or do we just let it roll and we go out for pizza? We go out for pizza, we let it roll. I think that the people could... In- what they need to do is... They it's need a good to- filler for the... Yeah. yeah. They, need to, they need to have some time to breathe and to digest what we've been saying. As we, we digest pizza. pepperoni. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So they could write in and guess what toppings we're going to get. Where could they write in? So they could write into matesratepod at gmail.com. Matesratepod at gmail.com? Yeah. What's that? It's our email address. Is that it's, an it's email address? It's where the good people could write to us. Only the good people. Yeah, well, I don't want no bad people Not writing into us. Keep, the, keep your opinions to yourself, Absolutely. bad people. But good people, write in, guess what pizza we've gone for. Yep. You, I mean, you did already say pepperoni. I did, didn't I? Yep. Damn. But they could write in and they could ask us questions. They could tell us what they think of the podcast. About the pizza? Or? Um, I think we need to move away from pizza okay. and concentrate what on your saying? curry dishes. You're saying something about me and personally? Chinese. 
Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, Chinese food. So, what's your number four, Dan? My number four. Now, you can you can argue with me, and you probably will, whether this is a weapon I will. or not. But this is the Ghostbusters proton pack. That's definitely a weapon. Yeah, weapon against. I mean, it's also ghosts. a scientific tool. Yeah, but it's a weapon. I just, uh, it's obviously it's a fantastic prop. It's a great looking. What what feels like from the way that the prop is designed, a real yeah, yeah. piece of kit Absolutely. that could actually do something. It's um, got a nuclear reactor in it. Yeah, an unlicensed nuclear uh, device strapped unlicensed upon your back. Nuclear de- reactor. <laughs> Ghostbusters are fantastic comedy and to have these you've got like you can correct me if, if you think this is wrong you've got like one scientist and a, a group of idiots uh, running around uh, saving the world from oh no no i would say there's two scientists in there because of ray. Uh, ray ray's definitely a scientist i would say like he's not a scientist in, in the way that egon's a scientist like egon though, so if they were, a different kind of if they were physicists if they were, where were they the ding <laughs> if they were physicists shut your face if they <laughs> If they were physicists, I would say that Egon is the theoretical physicist and Ray is your experimental physicist. So, Ray's so do you the think one that, Ray built the... I think Ray's the builder. Then I, think, I take it all back. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that they both are. Because I remember in Ghostbusters 2, like, they're both, you know, working with... And the, also, I didn't, mean to call, I didn't mean to call um, Winston an idiot. But he is he is your layman. He's your everyman. So he's yeah, your, he just wants a paycheck. He's your audience uh, accessibility character, isn't so he? So why does he come into it so late? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> because I think, like, he Bill Murray's supposed to be your everyman as well. Yeah. But he's not. He's just a... He's a goof. He's a goof. He's come at relief. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's the best thing about the film. He is the best. Oh, oh. Yeah. Do you know, when I was growing up... Did you not like the Murray? No, I didn't. I didn't dislike the Murray. I loved the Murray. He was fine. But Ray was the one that I loved. I really did. When I was growing up, Ray Stance was the character that I loved. Like you identify with Ray. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's the one that he, he, he jumps on the fireman's pole. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, he slides down that fireman's pole with glee. So he's a very clever physicist. Yeah. He's built this nuclear reactor that you yeah, can wear on your back. Pack, yeah. But he smokes while he's got his head in an engine. I know. Car. Yeah. Now he looks very cool while he's doing it. People smoking does not look cool. That's right. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. But want, now, if he was vaping, it's a great thing about vaping. Is so shit. It's disgusting. It? The thing that I kind of like about the proton pack, maybe, oh, the, maybe the most. We, can we just? What just, do you want to say? Now? I just want to continue on about Ray. What in his fags? <laughs> well, not cigarettes. <laughs> I tell you what, though, he whether or not you think that he looks cool uh, smoking that cigarette. The, the the lady upstairs smoking something of his while he was having a ghostly dream that was a bit weird. Bloody hell! The you way you've described you that, that was both incredible and erotic. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a dream, though. It's really weird. Was it, it a dream? It's a dream. Is was it? A, was it a dream? Yeah, he dreams I mean, about a beautiful blonde ghost lady. Had the ghost invaded? She's, just, she's only just died recently as well. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. She wasn't. Poor, she, poor wasn't lady. she wasn't. She wasn't dead then. No. Just to clarify. Oh, are you talking about like the actress has died? The actress who plays the ghost who. Oh, I thought you meant opens that, Ray's belt and goes to town. I thought that you meant that, um, like that, that because she hadn't decomposed in the scene, that she had died recently. You know that. That the that the the ghost was still attractive, rather than you know, uh, like in comparison to the taxi driver, who oh, was God, yeah. falling you apart. You wouldn't want that. No, you wouldn't want that. Chunk. No, I mean that's literally all teeth. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, podcast title. <laughs> but anyway, shall we shall we get back to the proton pack that we were talking about? Yeah, probably should. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Should. yeah, yeah. What um, are you uh, it's the. It's when Egon tells them about crossing the streams. Oh, yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah, so, so so Egon is is warning them about it. They're in the um they're in the they're in the lift going yeah, upstairs yeah. to the roof uh, to fight. You said you said it could be bad. Uh, so what do you mean by bad? Yeah, what do you mean by bad? And he says, try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantly and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed, speed of light. Of light yep. He says all life ending. So does he mean like, Ray goes on to call it a full protonic reversal. So is that of the universe or is that of yeah. the planet? It's I, everything. It's not just them, is it? It's not just that they would be, I think it's that they would explode. It's I everything. I think that they, it's, they've it's managed a, to create this, like, I mean, when you use the word apocalyptic, it feels like you're downplaying the significance of what would happen. Yeah. Uh, it's not just a few run-down buildings. No, no. It is the universe. It's a bit like um, a bit like in Back to the Future 2 when Doc talks about Jennifer meeting herself and he says a uh, paradox that could destroy the universe or it could just be limited to our own galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think the, the, the proton pack in that instance then is one of the most powerful weapons it's, in movie history yeah yeah it's the bit if where used they, improperly it's the bit where they turn it on yeah in the lift <laughs> and then <laughs> the other two just sort of back away from when they turn the proton pack on and it's, it's raised proton pack and then peter and egon just slowly like try edge, edge into away. the corner try like to get as far away like as a possible. meter away from this yeah. thing that can well they're not even meters like there's literally nowhere for them to no go they probably get about an extra 10 centimeters further mm. away is it one of the best jokes in the in the film i it, do, it's do you know, incredibly subtle do you know what this is this is what i've always said about that ghostbusters 2016 film you know the, the one with the, all the ladies yes um, all the single ladies yeah well i don't know about that no mm. in fact i know that melissa mccarthy's married because her husband's in all the films. Um, but well, that, that joke fell flat, didn't it? Carry on. There was a joke there. <laughs> but th- yeah, this is what I've always said about the, the 2016 remake, not not Afterlife, not the the requel, no. but the remake. The the, the reboot, requel. The reboot with Kristen nothing Wiig. Nothing to do with it. And Melissa McCarthy. Strange and film. The and and the best thing about that film was um, Chris Hemsworth. He was he was genuinely funny. But the rest of it, the, the the problem with it was that the original Ghostbusters film, if you take the comedy elements out of that film, it works as a genuine supernatural horror. Not too horror. Yeah. But it works as a genuine horror film. You know, like... The, like yeah, this, maybe, the, maybe a little bit of a, an action element to it Maybe well. a bit of action, but yeah, yeah. You, you know, like you've got the... the you could the, imagine it as like a hands. pulp 50s kind of well, do you remember like the, the, the hands coming out of the chair and, and grabbing Dana and... Yeah, I think, I think it's got her into the pretty strong horror elements in it for its, um, for its classification. You know, oh, I think it has. For its age rating and Yeah, everything. well, I think it was like a 15, I think it was. It I might mean, be it, a 12 the, now. The bit with the librarian turning around yeah. at the beginning... When I used to watch terrifying. that at the age of like ten or twelve, that was scare the life out of me. And the equivalent in the Kristen Wiig oh, film yeah. was that librarian type thing, just turning around and regurgitating a load of ectoplasm while Kristen Wiig just stands to, there. To, yeah, to a comic amount. To yeah, you can't see that I'm doing air quotations when I use the word comic. Yeah, yeah, I could feel it. I didn't. I just couldn't enjoy it. I'm it was sorry. a terrible, terrible film. It was, and like all the ghosts looked like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Didn't didn't like any of it the. Was very didn't like key. the look of any of the the effects. It was it was an awful film, and like there, there was like like when they're testing the proton packs in the alleyway, and Melissa McCarthy is like being lifted off the ground, and you know it's like yeah, like it's a water hose. It's, yeah, it's hose. it's just it makes no sense that film, and it's awful. The original one, you take the comedy out. It's a genuine horror film. 
Not mm. not too scary, you know, but it, it does have horror elements in it. And that's why it works. It's got a decent heart, it's got a decent story. It's genuine. And it's possibly got one of the most dangerous weapons in human Possibly got the most dangerous weapon in the universe. I mean they that... should have been Do you know who I agree with? Who's that? Walter Peck. Walter Peck. <laughs> the man who has no dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know uh, Walter Peck. He he was he was right. Yeah, yeah. And they sh- probably should have he's been shut like, down. Now, he's your favourite actor in like that film and in Die Hard. You love him. He's great. Sadly, from a health and safety perspective, they probably should have been stopped. But Dick, Dickless here. But they <laughs> is saved that the, true? They, yes, sir. They, saved, man the, they no saved the universe. They so did. Good, well, for, they, good they, for them. They, they saved the world. They put the universe in jeopardy. They, they did. Saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think the Proton Pack is a fantastic pick because it's it's so iconic. Yeah, but gr- great weapon um, and uh, from a beloved franchise that um, let's hope it's got a little bit more afterlife in it. Yeah, you know what I mean? So we're moving on to mine number three. Please. Okay. <laughs> Dan has ejaculated. You say it like it's weird. It's where you do it. It's also slightly illegal. Only if you get caught. Yeah, moving on. My uh, number three is uh, from a little-known uh, British... Small independent film called Shaun of the Dead. Never heard of it. No, no. It's a great film. I'd is recommend it, it. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's about zombies. I know you don't like zombies. Yeah. Yeah. It's over, isn't it? Yeah. That is, that is sub-genre. Well, one of my favourite scenes in this film is when Shaun and Ed first meet the zombies. And they meet Mary and the big guy. Yeah. I don't know the big guy's There's name. There's a girl in the garden. There's a girl in the garden. That's the one. Yeah. And they sort of start... Chucking things. They, they see on the TV that they're zombies. So then they go outside and they start chucking random things like from the kitchen at them. And then they spot a record that Ed had thrown out the window the night before that was... What was it? Do you remember? I don't know. It's a, a techno, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Ed throws it at the zombie and it sticks in his eye. And they think, oh, that's a good idea. So then they go and get Sean's record collection and they're leafing through it to decide what to throw. Yeah, It's fantastic. I love that. But then after throwing several records, nothing's working. Sean decides to go and break down the door of the shed and see what's inside. And he comes out with a cricket bat and Ed comes back with a shovel. A shovel, yeah. Yeah. And he says, which one do you want? Do you want the girl or the big guy? And Sean goes... First one. Uh, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> they swap sides. And then they proceed to just bludgeon off screen. So there's just the two of them filling the screen as they beat into these two zombies and like blood is spraying up. Only small amounts of blood, but they just keep going and going until they cut to Ed and Sean sitting on the <laughs> sitting on the couch eating cornettos. Yeah. <laughs> What would you rather have, though, the cricket bat or the, or the shovel? I mean, I'd go for the shovel myself. So would I. It's, it's metal. It's metal. It's kind of sharp. It's kind of sharp, yeah. In places. But, but Sean's cricket bat, it's iconic. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. so good. And, and he uses it to good effect. When they go over to Liz's house and they've got to clear away a load of zombies when they're coming out, I think, uh, he, uh, he smacks. He, keep, he keeps smacking them in the arm. I never understood that. When they're coming out first, he smacks a zombie in the arm and knocks it away. He smacks another zombie in the arm, like in the shoulder. Pushes one away. away. With like Pushes the... one away. And then yeah. eventually he smacks one in the head, mm. which is, that's kind of what you've got to do with a zombie. Destroy the brain. Yeah. Remove I imagine the head it was just because... or destroy the brain. I will repeat that by removing the head or destroying the brain. I imagine it was just because he was actually hitting people with like a... A foam version of the oh, absolutely, and, yeah. And he didn't peg didn't feel too right about bashing them all in the face. Probably foam not. or not. I, it's also an awful lot more choreography. 
if they've got to hit everybody in the head. But yeah. Know, so you're just battling your way through a load of people in one shot. You just hit them in the arm, hit them in the arm. This is the one you hit in the head. Yeah. The 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 scene that you you mentioned uh, in the back garden. I love that moment when the first zombie. You say her name was Mary. Mary, yeah. She falls onto the. You know how you know that, don't you? She's wearing a name badge. Yeah, she's wearing yeah. a name badge. She's she's an ASDA worker, I think, yeah. although or a another supermarket. There are other supermarkets are available. She falls onto the onto the spike. Onto the yeah. spike, or it's the uh, it's the thing that you put your washing line in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that looks that still looks really oh, really so good. So good, it's so good. Uh, and she kind of stands back up, get lifts herself off of it, and it leaves a hole, yeah. which they then frame Frost and oh. Peg's <laughs> face, faces the, through the hole in her but midriff. The, you know the best moment there, don't you? Mm, the best moment. <laughs> well, just before that's happened, Ed has taken a picture on a disposable camera. <laughs> yeah. And then as she lifts herself off, Ed starts winding, winding the camera on to take, to take the away. next picture. <laughs> Yeah. Obviously, this gag would not happen today because it's all smartphones. But it's just click, yeah. click, 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 click. I do, I do wonder if there's any of our listenership, three people, uh, who who don't know what a disposable camera is. Uh, do you know what? I think that they are kept alive by weddings, weddings and uh, and movies. Yeah, weddings and old movies. Yeah. But I, th- I think in the real world, they're kept alive by people buying and putting them on tables at weddings. That's probably the only place. Going off on a fucking non-movie segue here. I think getting We are film- not known for that, and I apologise to the two people. Do you remember listening. that episode where you kept talking about books? Jesus. Nearly killed us. <laughs> it really did. Nearly killed the show. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's, it's getting harder and harder to get them developed, I think. Yeah. I think it really is. But anyway. In this economy, hey? Oh. Whoa. God, price of film. Bloody hell. Yeah, I haven't got too much more to say about that weapon. I think it's iconic, it's really good, and it's loads of fun. And it's just used to incredibly comedic I'd, effect in that one I'd scene. I'd like to have seen more done with it. I would I'd have like liked to have seen, seen more. Like because it's, it's all over in. the posters, you know. I think yeah. has he got his tie yeah, he's got his tie around like his Rambo head. Rambo style. Rambo style. Which in the posters, I think. And he's got the cricket bat. But those two things don't happen at the same time. Because he gets he puts his tie around his head after Ed has th- is it Ed or is it Liz? It might somebody throws a dart in his head. It's Liz, it's yeah. Liz, isn't it? Yeah. Like pass me the throw me the dart, I think he says. I mean it's got great lines that film. Ooh, he's got an arm off. Yeah. <laughs> One of the zombies from the poster yeah. um uh, is a young man that I used to know called Simba. Oh, I know Simba. You know Simba because what did he do to you? He beat me in a fucking karaoke competition. It was people's opinion. He was better than me. He was way better. You were strong. Gareth has got a powerful, uh, masculine, yet beautiful voice. That's very kind of you to say. I I will freely admit, on that day, I don't think I gave my best, but he was really good. He was very good. He was very good. Shout shout out to Simba. Simba, respect. If you're still knocking around the the highest of Wickham's. I doubt it. I think no, you have better not. things to do. Probably. Well, like this being was Shaun after. of the Dead. No, but this was after Shaun of it the was, Dead. It was, yeah, yeah. It, I think he did it. Again, it, it's it's people um, taking up um, ec- work in the extras mm. sector yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Hollywoods. Yeah. Do you know Do you know when I first saw Shaun of the Dead? Was it at the cinema? It was at the cinema. Well, that's where I probably saw it as well. But it was, I was very lucky that I saw it about, well, about six months before it came out. Ah. They used to do. They don't think. Don't think they do them anymore. There used to be people with clipboards. Yep. Hanging around High Wycombe Central. Do you want to see a movie, sir? Well, no. It was always a. It was a gamble, wasn't it? 
do you go up to them? Are they going to ask you for money for a various charity? Or are they going to offer you the opportunity to see a movie nice and early? Do you remember the, the term that those charity people were, that, that was coined for them? No. So some people would call them... <laughs> some a, people, a, Dan. Me, would call them a, a charity mugger. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. or chugger. Chugger. <laughs> which I think is kind of beautiful. It is lovely. I mean, I do love it when you... Filthy. Don't go that way. Invent it's a chuggers. word. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, one day, uh, I was in Wickham, and uh, we got several tickets to see this, and we took our good friend John. I think we got the tickets and invited him. I think that was it. Mm. John, uh, I think it was my wife, uh, John, maybe, maybe someone with him. I can't remember. It was a very long time ago. Go on. I was just going to say, um, uh, Hot Fuzz was promoted in the same way. I didn't see Hot Fuzz there. No, but it was th- these kind of like advanced screenings and maybe screenings that would have even informed what like a final edit would have been. Like a, like well, this a, is a, a test screen so this is what I was to see say, how these films go with people. Is that I loved the film and I think on my little questionnaire afterwards I said there was nothing wrong with it. And then when it came out in the cinema, I watched it and it was fantastic. And then when it came out on home video on Blu-ray or DVD... I bought it. It was DVD back then. I bought it and I watched it. And then I watched the deleted scenes. And I was like, I've seen all these deleted scenes before. And it, it was at that point that I realised... you saw a pre-release version. I saw... In, in the version that I saw, those deleted scenes were all in the film. What, what amazing things did you see? Oh, I can't remember. There's, there's uh, more stuff with uh, Sean and Pete in the kitchen. That's mm. Peter Serafinowicz. Who is... Serafinowicz. Under, un, yeah. Underused... Oh, he's fantastic. The voice underused. of Darth, Darth Maul brings yeah. us back to Star Wars, yeah. uh, who was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he is underused. He's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, so all these scenes I'd already seen, and, and it, was, it was really weird because I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen all these. I would have liked to have seen the cricket bat used, even maybe just the one time to actually really destroy a zombie's head. Well... I don't think that really happens, does it? It, it does, with does Mary it? and the big guy. But you don't see That's off it. screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but, that, see but it wasn't it. that type of horror it, film. It's not, and maybe it's just saved up until the end. Hmm. But when David is killed, David, oh David, David. Davs, Davs. Um, yeah, when he's killed and when he's ripped apart, maybe yeah, you've maybe yeah, we've been right, there is there, maybe yeah. we've been building to that part because he's he's absolutely dismembered, like his stomach's ripped apart, but and got, then his head and all of his limbs are taken off. You've got to remember, oh yeah, I love that. She goes and, out with yeah. his legs to beat uh, Lu- uh, Lucy beat Davis, uh, his girlfriend. I can't remember her name in it. Lucy Davis, isn't she? She's Jasper Carrot's daughter. Oh no! She grabs a leg and starts beating zombies and screams, "I'm coming! I'm, I'm going to save I'm you, David!" Coming, Davs. <laughs> You got to remember though it was it was really low budget that film you know so maybe that's why they, they you know they spent all their gore money on entrails and not yeah. not head trails yeah maybe mm. speaking of uh, Lucy Davis's character Diane on the DVD there was that little extra story do you remember did you see that no it's a little animated story about what happens to her because she doesn't die because she just goes off screen she, into she, the yeah. the throng of zombies so she goes off screen she she in the little animated story, she battles away at the zombies and then realises, what the fuck am I doing? I'm about to die. So then she runs away and climbs a tree <laughs> and survives. <laughs> That's good, because yeah. I, I did worry about her. Yeah, I mean, but it was such a good film, that, and it had, like, great heart, didn't it? You know, like, all that stuff with the mum. Yeah. You know, and that was that was absolutely gutting. And and the, the stepdad and him sort of accepting him as his dad, a bit, bit too late. <laughs> yeah. But Bill Nye was fantastic in that. It's not my dad. Uh, yeah, no, he was great. But then, isn't he great in everything? He is great in everything. I once gave him directions to a cash point on my, Wardour Street. My goodness. Yeah, that's my claim to fame. My only one. 
and he was lovely. And how much of the cash did he give you? I did say, I will walk there with you, and I I expect 10%. I am your agent for this this moment. I'm your agent of cash points. So we need to walk around Wardle, or the general Soho area. Uh We need to do this for as long as it takes for Keanu Reeves to appear. He needs to be disorientated, and he needs directions to the latest, to the nearest cash point, or in his vernacular, ATM. There's one on Dean Street. Yeah. So we walk over to Dean Street and we say, you know, Keanu, K-Man, Special K. I've got how a, much were you getting out? I've got a bit of a flaw. He just wanted a 20. Plan. I've got a bit of a flaw. And we say, why don't you take out 50K, 50K, right. 20. Right. You so keep the 20. This is so, so, so the problem here. Yeah. Pretty sure there's a limit on how much you can take. What, out? even for a big star like Keanu I, I Reeves? I think it's like, it's like 300 quid. But you can keep doing it. Oh, Yeah. Oh, okay. If you no, go to you... different branches. I'm sorry, I didn't realise you thought this through. Yeah. yeah, we'd make a day of it. Call it Dan and Keanu's day of fun. Right. Uh, that's <sighs> so. Have we got any more to say? I, got an... I don't think so. No. We definitely went off on some tangentials. Yeah, tangent... <laughs> tangentials. Tangentials. Right. <laughs> wow. God. So we released, released an ancient evil there. <laughs> So we slid off on some tangentials there. Uh, let's, uh, let's put those back in the uh, put those back in in their <laughs> in their case. Yeah. So we're going to move on to your number three. Oh yes, please. Um, so I suppose it's worth saying that these are in no particular order because oh mine are are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just that you know with Ghostbusters, I was talking about how they could destroy the very fabric of reality. Yeah, we're and not then talking... these ones, not so much. Okay. So these are the Green Goblin's weapons from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film oh. of 2002, 2003? Sure. No. Around that kind of time. The pumpkin bombs and, to a lesser extent, the Razorbats, which are the kind of the bladed flying weapons. Classic staples from the comics. And just, I really, really like how they were done in, in this universe. Or I yeah. say universe, inside of this series of, of, of Raimi-directed films, and later on into the, I suppose, into the MCU, weren't they? I, I really like the design. Yeah, well, the, I like the danger. design of the weapons, there's a, there's not his suit. Uh, I, I thought the suit was fine, but that mask was It's the mask, awful. yeah, it's the mask. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the suit is not very Green Goblin. No, it's a shame that they didn't just get some purple in there. Yeah, they could have just, uh, you could have kept that kind of suit, but maybe... Like because it's sort of made up of components, you could have had some purple components, like the shoulder yeah. pads and stuff. They, they, they kind of do things in in the the newer MCU Spider Man oh, No in, Way Home. In No Way Home, yeah, yeah. He kind of has like a, some fabricy elements to he it. Does. And I, well, think, he, I think that's all it really needed. He could have had the battle suit. Doesn't he get kind of like something like a poncho or something like that to yeah. to, to sort of disguise himself? Yeah. Uh, but then he keeps it, and yeah, and they also get rid of that mask, which I'm I was so pleased about because yeah. that, and they kind of it's almost like a. Spider-Man no more shot. Mm. You know, that kind of like Spider-Man leaves his, yeah, yeah, his yeah, costume in the was. bin. Yeah, yeah. And in this, he kind of leaves the the mask in the trash or like hanging off yeah. of the Well, Spider-Man, the I think it's, yeah, it's, it's Spider-Man's suit is also hanging off the... Yeah, the, the off, big... off, the, off the bin. And that's from the comics and then into Spider-Man 2 as well. Oh, okay. Um, they kind of replicate that shot and it felt like they were going for that with the mask being He smashes ditched. the mask, doesn't he? Yeah. I can't remember if it's hanging up now. It's it was, broken. I'm sure it it's was broken. hanging up and broken, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I, I like how functional the pumpkin bombs looked. In the comics, yeah, yeah. they look like little... Well, that's it. Intricately carved, beautiful little Instagram-ready pumpkins. That's it. Oh, there was a danger of it like going smoking. quite comical. 
But, yeah. you know, danger of it looking naff. Yeah. But yeah. these these look like, um, although they're ornate, mm. they look like military-grade weapons, you know. Exactly, dog. Sounded dog-esque. Gareth has just wandered off to see what the fuck that was. Was it a dog? Was it a ghost? Was it a zombie? We don't know. I was just talking to the listeners while you were gone. Keeping them happy. Damn. I've returned! Thank God. What was it? I don't know. There was a dog there. Oh, it was a dog. a dog. It wasn't a ghost. Uh, no. Ghost dog? Ghost dog. Hmm. Isn't that a film? Should be. Was it Forrest Whitaker? Something like that. Anyway. Oh, but it's not about <laughs> ghosts that used to be dogs. No. It's oh. about dogs that used to be ghosts. Well, see, I want to watch the opposite film. Okay, so... Yeah, they appear to be like proper tech. He throws them around with mm. gay abandon at Spider-Man's face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they cause explosions and they cause fires, and that's and that, great. Yeah, they look quite menacing, and they are the thing that allows Spider-Man to get his mask off again. Well, yeah. I suppose for the first time. He yeah. loves getting his mask so we can off, see Toby the a- Maguire's the actor Spider-Man. underneath, yeah. yeah. We're paying big bucks for Maguire's handsome face. I mean, Spider-Man's made of tougher stuff, yeah? Yeah. But... The first pumpkin bomb that gets thrown in Spider-Man turns all of the board members um, to skeletons to and dust and ash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only those guys. Only those guys. It does affect the structural integrity of the building, but it doesn't It doesn't really do like any like explosive damage. It just kind of like cracks the concrete yeah. of the balcony that they're on so that there can be a big dramatic set piece. What are you saying? Are you saying that there's a superhero film where the powers of something are inconsistent from one scene to the next? Yeah, and I think we should look into it. Deep. Okay. Maybe in some kind of like countdown podcast format. Oh, maybe. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that first bomb mm. is horrifically powerful. Maybe he's just got different ones. Maybe they are inconsistent because they're different. I think he does have different ones. Maybe maybe he only had one one that, you know, on the instructions said, this one will turn board members to ash. Yeah. You know? I like to think if he Do kind of... Do not use around board members as they will turn to ash. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the design of them, they almost look a bit like an egg timer. They do. Right. Oh, they really so maybe do. you can turn them to different levels. I'd say so. And he turned like, that one like, to 11. Like phases on stun, that kind of thing. Or and killed. then you would ask the question, well, why don't you just make 10 more powerful? <laughs> but that one goes to 11. Are we going spinal tap here? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, I liked, it would have, been, would have been a great little um, uh, cut-in shot of him just kind of like, I don't know, over-cranking yeah, yeah. that pumpkin bomb before he throws it. Or, or you turn he, it and he, it says ash. He overcranks it and you hear it start to tick. tick. And then he goes to the kitchen and he's got an egg. <laughs> egg in a bowl. Doesn't have to be egg. egg. in a pan. <laughs> well, it does. What else do you need an egg time for? I can eat a boiling pasta and stuff like that. No. But anyway. No, no. Um, Only eggs. Yeah, and then they must be different because you've got the pumpkin bombs and then you've got the razor bats, which um, he kind of throws out. and Is that... Oh, Mag- yeah, yeah, Maguire okay. Do- Maguire's Spider-Man does that kind of like... That's when he gets the bike messenger cut. Yes. Spider-Man does this kind of contorted jump. And it these almost three... feels like the stuntman did that jump in the and air. Then and then they added, they added where the bats were spinning. Oh, these are called... What are these called? Razor bats. Razor bats. I don't think it's said in the film. No, it's not. I don't know where that comes definitely from. Definitely not. I'm going to say it's from a toy's... It could be from, from a toy, a toy do you know what? It, it could have been from the production itself, you know, production, they could have decided... That's, that's, that's what, what they called. called them, but it never gets, like, yeah, never said gets in canon. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, again, they look they look really good. They look really oh, menacing, and they look good on screen as they as they move in slow motion and spin around and try hasn't, and do some slicing and a dicing. Hasn't Harry Osborn got some different pumpkins in number three? 
probably yeah goblin junior yeah. whatever he's called i mean new, like, he was called new goblin at least goblin. again i think we're talking about production and toys i don't yeah. think he's he's just called harry in the film yeah um god what a terrible i mean see that that film we, is we, an example of, of a film that's got some good elements yeah take some of these elements out and they're really good that that all together shit that scene of uh, Harry attacking Peter for the yeah, first yeah. time and he loses the engagement ring. Yeah, yeah. That was used as like a um, an excerpt from the film for yeah. marketing material. It was and good. I thought that, that, that Spider-Man 3 was genuinely going to be very, very good. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like the look of Goblin. I thought, oh, but this is just like a phase one. He's going to kind of like, it will develop throughout the film. But I he thought, does not. Do you know what? I thought he was a better looking Goblin than the original Goblin though because he didn't have that mask. I know, but he's just got like a ski mask on. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah, no. It's really bad. Talking of that mask from Spider-Man 1, though, uh, there was, if you've seen the original um, kind of animatronic design that they were no. going to go for. So it looks more like a latex mask. Oh, okay. He's got kind of like, um, uh, the eyes have like a, an amber-looking uh, egg, half-egg dome kind of over the eyes to kind of, mm. I suppose, like to protect from air. As, uh, and, and wind as you were uh, wind. As wind as you were flying around <laughs> on your glider um, but uh, yeah there was all kind of you, you kind of see all the animatronics coming out the back of this latex mask and how it would have affected the, the mouthpiece so like um, a stuntman or uh, Defoe would have still worn this thing feels to me like that they, they would have, it would have been very good well it feels to me like they tried very to make different. it they it couldn't quite make it work wasn't working so then they went with with they 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 just said, "Well, let's get like a solid, scary-looking mask." Yeah, I like that one. Let's have that one. Bad. Yeah, it was such a shame. So there's a moment again in Spider-Man Three where you are in New Goblin's lair, and you're kind of moving across these masks. Yeah, and one is kind of the Green Goblin mask, uh, and then one has got this kind of like orangey, goldy look to it. It's, almost, mm-hmm. it's very metallic, shiny looking. It's too shiny. But it, we could have gone, that looked, that felt like a little nod to kind of like, oh, Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin could yeah. have been Hobgoblin. Why didn't you do that? Now, Hobgoblin in the comics is a completely different character. Yeah. It, it's it's a different criminal uh, who has kind of like um, uh, appropriated the, the, the weapon and techniques, but he's, he's very different uh, in his approach. Um, who cares? Just, you just, okay, we're not doing that. But we're calling this guy Hobgoblin. What's wrong? What is? What would have been wrong with that? I would have nothing liked that. Nothing would have been wrong with that. Nothing. And do you know what? There was nothing wrong with your pick there. Pumpkin bombs, fantastic choice. Thanks, thanks, pumpkin bombs. So that's it for today. If you want to find out what our tippity top picks are for the filmic tools of man-made violence, join us again next time. Hopefully, you're enjoying our ramblings of chattery. And if you are, please tell all your friends. It really does make a difference. If not, you shut your beautiful mouth and never speak of this again. We'll be back here again pretty soon with part two of our Weapon Spectacular. Anything you want to say on it, Dan? Just that we're, I'm looking forward to the audience coming and listening to this. Yeah, I, yeah. We're going to welcome them into our house. Yeah. We're going to lay on all the spread. What are you going to lay on? Huh? You're going to lay on what? Uh, maybe like a Persian rug. Okay. Um, almost naked. Fire yeah. roaring in the background. Caviar spread over my nethers. Come in. Sit down. I mean, that's how we've recorded every single podcast so far. So I don't know why you're telling me. It's not a surprise. It is affecting the budget, though. We've got it to really cut is. that caviar down. Ah, but then there'll be a lot more mm, scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's a balancing act. Maybe we'll just cut the crackers. Would you call me? So if you want to... try and make a joke about me, Jacobs, but... Um, oh, nice. I'm not going to do it now. Okay. So like, share, and subscribe. 
No, don't. No, do. Don't. No. Dan, stop it. You want... I don't... I want them to live free in a world that does not enforce them to fall into this trap are of this saying, commercialism. Are you saying live free or die hard? That's what I'm saying. It's been my motto for a long time. Anyway, so that's it, folks. We'll see you next time. God, I miss you already. So close to the mic. Yep. So close. Why do we have... Why do you have to sit on my lap? You're really close to my mic as well. See ya. I'm sure we can end that somewhere there. And cuts. Take care, everybody. We. Oh, why was that that weird accent? <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> hey, y'all. If I see you on the hippity hop, I'm going to give you the flippity flop.